On this week of Cougar Insider Podcast, we're going to talk to you about Zach Wilson. And is he just a, uh, a blip? Or has he got some other things to back it up? We'll find out this week, and we'll break that down. We're also going to talk about recruiting. The state of Utah is producing some great recruits, and uh, and uh, they're, they're getting a lot of attention right now from not only people in the state but throughout the, the country. And then uh, we're also going to take a look at a defensive player, Isaiah Kafusi, and the, and the job that he's done. That and more on this edition of Cougar Insiders Podcast. Welcome to the Cougar Insiders Podcast. I'm Dick Harmon, the columnist for the Deseret News, along with beat writers Jeff Call and Brandon Gurney. We're coming to you from Thanksgiving Point, and we're talking BYU sports. Well, gentlemen, it's been a bye week. Usually in bye weeks, there's a little bit of a lack of energy, and this team has always been challenged by a lack of energy. What will be the watermark for this team coming out of uh, a two-week layover um, when you have such euphoria over... Uh, what happened with Zach Wilson, and, and everybody has a positive, you know, feeling about what happened then. But can that continue, Jeff? Call this week? Must it continue? And if he comes out and they start as well as they did against Hawaii, there's a couple of touchdown lead against a very good defensive team. If that happens, have we seen a turning point in this 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 whole program? Yes. Uh, you know, one thing. I'll just go back to you know every time we've seen this team win a big game, Arizona. Wisconsin, um, they come back the next week and they, they lose to Cal. Um, they struggle, look, don't look very good against McNeese State. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see how they respond this week after a big win against Hawaii plus the bye week. And the difference is, though, this time is that there's a new quarterback, uh, kind of a new offensive uh, scheme moving forward. And so it's really it's imperative for this team to come out and do like they did against Hawaii and come out strong. Um, I wouldn't expect them to score in their first two drives like they did against Hawaii, but I would expect them to at least move the ball and, and show some fire and some passion And because Northern Illinois, as we know, is a much better defensive team than Hawaii. Um, they're among the nation's leaders in sacks, tackles for loss. So it's going to be a challenge for, for Zach Wilson and this entire BYU offense. Brandon Gurney, is it too much to ask of Zach Wilson? Um to to have the impact that people think he has, and, and that impact is this, is that it seemed like the defense played harder. The offensive line, they blocked a little bit better. The running backs, they got involved. You had seven different receivers uh, you know, or, and running backs score touchdowns, seven different people. That hasn't happened since Ty Detmer played in 1989. And so that was a real big event there. Can Zach Wilson... Do it again. Can can he have that kind of energy injected in this program? And if he does this coming Saturday, have we seen a turning point in this program? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I always question the motivation this team has during this, the end run of, of every independent season that we've covered just because the carrot at, at the end of the, the season just isn't really that big. I mean, let's be honest. 
with ourselves. There's not really any meaningful games and whatnot. But I think with this youth movement, with so many freshmen playing on offense, I think that's it's easy to motivate those guys. It's it's easy to see upward mobility and guys wanting to continue to prove themselves just because it's their first year. They're they're excited. They're happy. And I, I think that's probably the biggest thing Zach Wilson brought to this offense when you break it all down. I mean, his numbers were mediocre, but I think the offense saw new life, a new energy and all that. And, and energy is a big thing. Uh, what are we going to get? Who knows? I, I mean, they're playing a real – let's be honest, Hawaii wasn't a real defense. It's not a really a real defense. And IU, I, I think we've overstayed just how good they are defensively because I think most people look at what they did against Utah, who was playing very poorly on offense when they did play NIU. Um, and, and NIU totally shut them down. But it is a, a – a, I'd say a solid to good defense. Well, there's that. But let's, let, let's look back, though, the last few years – BYU has not put away a team that it should put away. It hasn't really yeah. won by a large yeah. margin over teams that it should. We've, we've had Portland State in here. We've had McNeese State in here. We've had some other teams that BYU should have beat, UMass, Eastern Carolina. And they just simply don't seem to have the energy and passion and the wherewithal to really put the club out and whip them. If they do that, have we seen the trend, Jeff? Is there been something here that's maybe a, a new catalyst with Zach Wilson? Well, yeah, I mean, if if we see that same kind of performance this Saturday, yeah, I think you can say, by all means, that's the case. But then, not to look too far ahead, but that next week, you're going to see Zach's first road game at a place that BYU has never played. And I don't think Boise State is quite uh, the team we thought it might be, but that's a significant challenge. And, you know, he hasn't started on the road. That's another first that he'll have here coming up. So, yeah, I think to me it's just kind of a week by week basis until the end of the season because, um, you know, and I think you wrote about this the other day. When you have fr- freshmen in key places, you got to take into account there's going to be inconsistency. There's learning curves, and you've got to fight through those. And each week brings a different challenge. It almost seems like the the youth movement though, and we've seen you know you know Gunnar Romney, we've seen. Uh, Lopini Katoa, we've seen Zach Wilson, we've seen these offensive linemen that have got involved. We've got uh, Dallin Holker. We, you know, they, they don't know better than to be bored and unenthusiastic and, and maybe accept defeat. It seems like maybe they're hungry, they're eager, they know nothing but winning, they've come from winning programs, and that's what they expect to do. And if we see that chemistry, it'll be something else. Talking about quarterbacks, however, we had, uh, the, of course, news uh, in the state of Utah that Jack Tuttle, a very a highly uh, regarded uh, four-star athlete, leaves the University of Utah, announces that he's going to leave. Uh, for a lot of different reasons, he, you know, uh, Tyler Huntley's doing very well. The style of play might be a factor, but he wanted to play early. He's not playing early. But how does that affect other people around the state um, that now might be considering that, whether it be a Bo Hodge, whether it be a Joe Critchlow, whether it be anybody else in, in the program here at BYU? Quarterbacks are not going to wait. They're going to want to move on. The transfer thing, it seems to be a thing with quarterbacks right now. Brandon Gurney. I think the timing of it was just, I, I, how do you leave midseason? I, I think that might give a window. I, I, I know a few of the specific, I, I've heard from people about what went on there, but when a kid leaves midway through his first season, the season's not over. I, I'll be surprised if wherever he lands that he's going to see success. I really will. Well, he's labeled now as a quitter. Yeah. You don't quit on your team. I, 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 that's really hard for me to, to correlate and just really shine a good light on this kid. I mean, I don't care what your problems are. You're going to leave midway through a football season in your first year. 
But on, but on the other side of it, I, I mean, if you're going to make a big decision, it's better to make it early than late. I, I, I do agree with that. But just the timing of it is just amazing to me. And and it's become sort of an epidemic. It's it's, it's increasing and increasing and whatnot. And I, I don't know. From what I understand, he has the helicopter parent and, and basically the family uh, making the calls. And I think you get a lot of that in this day and age. There you go. Well, you had an opportunity to listen to uh – Coach Kalani Sataki talk about this very thing. Can you set up this interview for us? Really? Yeah, yeah. He was asked about and all that. And Kalani's label is a player's coach, and, and I think with the quote he gives, he, he 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 very much says that. And I think the key thing was is he was asked, doesn't it hurt how much time you put into these recruits? I'm, I mean, it's basically half your job to convince these kids to come, and then they leave. And then Kalani just responds, says, "It would be more." Devastating to me if they stayed and were were and acted like they were forced to stay and didn't want to be here rather than having the free agency to leave. So, so I think that's a, that's a really good look for Kalani just as far as being a player's coach and, and whatnot. And, and that was basically his whole theme. I, I want guys that want to be here, and, and I think that's a big thing for any kid. Let's roll that interview. To me, um, whether it's playing time or other factors that get into it, I just you want guys that want to be here and want to represent the school the right way and, and um, on and off the field and in academics. So um, I think attrition's part of football. Wherever you go, there's, there's always been movement. And um, I think the important job a coach has is to be honest with the young man, where they, where they see him fit, um, the, the role that they have. And if they don't see eye to eye, I think it's okay to for people to move on. I'm fine with that. Hey, we're really blessed to be doing this podcast. There is a great opportunity for you to win prizes by posting your college football predictions online. Our sponsor, Grid Picks, can let you do that. It's called Grid Picks, and you can sign up at thedesertnews.com. I personally pick the 14 games each week, and there are gift cards to be won. Test your knowledge and luck at deseretnews.com. Grid Picks. Now, the rest of the story. There's some uh, things out there that we need to talk about uh, a little bit more than we have. Uh, there's stories behind the stories, and one of them is Isaiah Kafusi, Brandon. If your last name's Kafusi, I'm going to bet that you're going to be pretty good at football, <laughs> and you're going to see a lot of success. It's just an amazing family. He's Jeff Kafusi's son, and, and Jeff's a great guy. He played for the University of Utah, and, and just a classic Kafusi guy. And and it was kind of a big deal for him to let his son go to BYU, if I remember correctly. But but he was an undersized athlete, a lot like Corbin. A lot of these Kafusis are late bloomers, where you see them as undersized athletes that just kind of develop in their bodies late. And, and I think he's going to be a fixture at linebacker for BYU in, in in the coming years, I, I think he was fantastic against Hawaii. He was making plays. He was lively, and he's a guy that's always played well. So, a very big thing because there's been a lot of attrition at linebacker. Losing Zane Anderson was a big loss for this defense, but I think it softens the blow a bit just seeing what Isaiah Kafusi was able to do. You know, on the message boards, it's always interesting because when you tune into that during the week, and Jeff Call, I know that you probably do not because it is what? It is, what is the word you use? A D word? Cesspool? Uh, depressing? Cesspool comes to mind, yes. <laughs> depressing. Um, I, I personally don't enjoy it. But. 
Well, one theme that seems to be, whether win, whether you win or whether you lose, one theme seems to be the same thing is the sky is falling. The sky is falling. Everything's going to heck in a are you Are you seeing that there might be overreactions on uh, message boards and masochism? Uh, sensitive kids on yeah. the Internet. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> this past week, the University of Utah had a great game. They beat up on Southern Cal. Southern Cal with its five stars and its four stars and its loaded roster. People that uh, had turned down BYU and Utah left the state of Utah to go play for the Trojans. They came into Rice Eccles, got their butts kicked on the message boards. Oh, no, Utah is ready for the NFL. BYU is just sliding. They don't have a chance. Now, Utah probably will beat BYU this year, but is it that bad? And is the hysteria something that uh, we can address? Well, the Pac-12 is just amazingly good this year. I, I, good? I, oh, so <laughs> good. South. I mean, those South teams are just monsters. I, I mean, they're they're just, yeah. Yeah, you're going to overreact to any win over a, South, a Pac-12 South opponent because it's not a good league at all. I mean, that said, Utah did what it was supposed to do, and Utah is rounding into form. But is that really a surprise? I mean, we knew Utah was going to be good this year. But putting a lot of stuff, oh, Utah, oh, man, they're that much better because they beat USC. Really? You know, I give uh, Utah. And USC the, had a lot of injuries, yeah, too. Yeah, I, I, give, I give Utah all the credit in the world. It's a, a great win for them. But uh, Jeff Call, they have not played against two Heisman Trophy uh, candidates and the best defensive player. On Southern Cal's team, Port Augustine, who is from Salem Hills, and he broke his ankle and was able to. Isn't it amazing that Utah doesn't face the very best on three consecutive weeks that uh, that the opponents have to, to to throw at them for the South Division? Yeah, I mean that's kind it's of amazing, the, kind of the way it goes. Yeah, and I think you know it's all part of this rivalry that makes it so great. Is there's just that natural comparison, even though BYU and Utah are not in the same conference anymore. It really doesn't matter because week to week there's comparisons. Uh, if we think back, what, just a little over a month ago, we had a weekend where BYU went into Madison, Wisconsin, and upset the number six team on the road. And that same day, Utah played Washington at home, did not look very good. And what was all the chatter then? You know, and, and now it's kind of flipped, and it may flip again before too long. Who knows? But it's just one of those fun things. And, and that's one of the things why I, I like the rivalry game at the end of the year. November because you have this constant comparison and then at the end of the season they get to score off head to head. We get to see that. I guess the main point is that does that really change your view that Utah made some moves and it has some upward mobility based off that win? I think it kind of solidifies what we kind of has become relevant or should be relevant in most fans' mind over the years that Utah's a really good program. That that leads us into our next topic. The the uh, the state of Utah is producing some very good high school football players. A lot of them can be seen as the playoffs continue in the state of Utah over the next month, and for the University of Utah, and for BYU, and for commits that are looking at both schools. There's some pretty good players out there, and BYU got a commitment from. Well, they didn't get a commitment. They made an offer to a player that you had your eyes on for a while, Brandon. Yeah, Nate Rich. He's kind of, he's, he's kind of in the same vein. And I, I compare him to Zane Anderson and, and Max Tooley and Drew Jensen. A player I think you're going to hear a lot from in the coming years at BYU, both Max Tooley and Drew Jensen, in that he's kind of the hybrid. He's probably going to play flash linebacker if BYU's fortunate enough to get him. Really good athlete. Uh, BYU was the second offer over, over the University of Utah, and he's going to get more offers, absolutely. He's a 2020 kid. Um, I love a good 
recruiting battle. I, I don't cover enough recruiting battles between BYU and Utah. And, and BYU's hard-pressed to win those battles. You, you, you saw an uptick after Kalani's first year where BYU was actually winning some of those battles for the first time in a long time over the University of Utah. And we'll see if that maintains. I think how BYU finishes out the course of this year is going to be big with this kid. But being from Lone Peak, you kind of assume that it's probably a BYU family. A lot of families in Highland and Alpine are yeah, BYU families. BYU. Yeah. So. Oh, I, I didn't know that. So so there you go. That's uh, right in your area, Jeff. BYU is a foot in. Very bad form that they were the second offer, though. Yeah. How did Utah offer? I mean, it was a day earlier. I, I mean, maybe it was just one of the hours. things. But uh, you got to offer these kids first. That's a big thing. Because when it's that close and all that, sometimes that tips the scales. But it might have been close enough that it's kind of irrelevant. But this well, kid's going to get a lot more offers. Well, Nate, Nate Ritchie is actually in my neighborhood. He lives just Oh, Jeff calls the insider here. Do you home teach him, Jeff? I, no, I don't. But uh, he is a good kid, and I, I know him pretty well. I actually was his soccer coach when he was like six really? years old. Wow. And as you can imagine, he was bigger than everybody else, and he was dom- He just went up and down the field. And he was on the same team with my little twins, who are about like a third of his size. They kind of they could fit in his pocket, but uh, he's a great athlete, and it's been fun to see him kind of uh, evolve and emerge. He's a, he's a really good athlete. Well, that's good stuff. So Brandon, BYU definitely has some ties. Do either of you have any comment on the uh, commitments that BYU got in basketball? Uh, the kid from uh, College of Eastern Utah and uh, another kid from Southern California, Chinese guy, six six eleven. Any comment on either one of those? Real quick from both of you. Yeah, it's about time. Get something extraordinary. Get something that you don't usually get. Some some six two guard out of Utah. Yeah, Brazil and China. That's, that's a little great. bit different than Lone Peak High School. It's fantastic. Yes, years, well, that's, well, that's one of the things that we've talked about many times. Is you know BYU's got this uh, ability to to go all over the world to recruit because of the church and things. And now we're seeing you know a couple kids from from outside the country who are going to school here locally or in the United States, uh, join the program. So it'll be interesting to see how they acclimate and fit in. Final word. Let's talk about Bronco Mendenhall. Um, I always liked Bronco. I've liked him from the day that they hired him. I, I respected his defense. I liked his wife, Holly, and his kids. I liked the approach that he had of discipline and organization. He had a, a very uh, steady run here of about averaging nine wins a season. He's doing so well at Virginia right now, and I'm happy for him, Jeff Call. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I don't think anyone that's followed uh, Bronco Minahal could be that surprised at the success he's having. I mean, we saw what he did at BYU. He took a program that was coming off three losing seasons and uh, turned it around and made it into a very respectable program again. And um, he's doing the same thing at Virginia. And it's it's been kind of fun from afar to see him uh, do what he's done. And, I mean, they've had their struggles, particularly that first year. But uh, it seems like now he's got the program in a place where he's got the players he wants and he's got them doing the things that he wants them to do, and uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's cool to see that. And um, you know, BYU fans like to look at that, and some may compare and contrast with what they have now. But uh, you know, that staff at Virginia is basically the same staff that was here at BYU, so it's uh, it's uh, fun and kind of. Uh, intriguing to watch and see how they develop and how they do. Brandon, uh, Brandon Gurney, your final word. Uh, a lot of people, not a lot, but there are some people that just didn't like Bronco when he was here, and some of those same people are now saying, man, Bronco wasn't so bad. Yeah. <laughs> you never know what you got till it's gone, right? Uh, um, but uh, Bronco, you knew what he was. I, there's no surprise with Bronco. You know what kind of coach he is, and I think what fans are – 
frustrated with with this team is the consistency. And, and Bronco, he had faults. He wasn't perfect, but that team was as consistent as consistent gets. You knew the effort that team was going to put forth. You knew that Bronco was going to scheme pretty effectively uh, uh, defensively. And, and when they were beat, they were just out-athleted. Uh, you, you never saw a team, wow, they weren't ready to play. Could you ever say that about a Bronco Mendenhall team? And there's a lot of uh, good de- – I mean, that's, to, that's something to hang your hat on. And I'd say he has the perfect offensive coordinator in Robert and I. Oh, he's not imaginative. He's basically, yeah, but his t- you saw good effort. You, you saw consistent effort. And that's the one thing that this BYU team lacks, maybe more so than anything else, is a consistent effort. And, and that's probably the biggest thing they missed from Bronco Mendenhall. Well, Brandon, Jeff, thanks for your uh, input on this podcast. Appreciate seeing you guys after a bye week. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Cougar Insider Podcast. We'd love to hear from you uh, through email at Cougar Insider. Deseretnews.com and please subscribe or download our podcast wherever you find it. Share it with others. We're working to deliver you the most up-to-date information on BYU Sports and love to have you join us, both in the newspaper and on this podcast. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you later.